love one, and thanks for joining me here on the Average Runner Podcast. Uh, my name's Sean, and uh, thanks for uh, checking out the new Average Runner Podcast. Uh, on this episode, it's actually going to have two race recaps. It's going to have the Sayahunda Trail Marathon, as well as the Buffalo Marathon recap. Um, at the time I recorded, I, that wasn't really the plan, but um, I don't know, I just thought I'd stick them both together, break them up a little, you know, in between, but um, neither one, they're not... They're not real in-depth, mile-by-mile recaps or anything like that. But I just wanted to have them documented uh, for myself, uh, you know, for further reference or, you know, just kind of look back at them down the road or something. But, um, you know, they're just kind of generalizations. You know, I talk about some specific things uh, as far as volunteers and how the races were, you know, not run by me, but run by the, you know, organizations and stuff like that and and crowd support and stuff like that. Um, So... Yeah, that's about it. Hopefully you uh, enjoy my brief recaps on the Sega Hunter Trail Marathon and the Buffalo Marathon, a.k.a. the double. Now, as I talked about in my last episode, I decided to do the double marathon, the uh, back-to-back weekends. And last weekend, I did the Sega Honda Trail Marathon out at Letchworth State Park here in uh, New York. And this week has been so busy that I really just, I think I had one opportunity to get on my normal microphone at the house to record just a little bit of a recap, how things went, how I'm feeling, and moving forward. Uh, but even that one time, I just kind of got sidetracked and got pulled away for this or that, so... I'm actually on my way right now to the Buffalo Marathon. So uh, I kind of wanted to record this before I ran Buffalo so that I could have, you know, an honest, uh, some honest feelings as far as what I'm going into right now. So I apologize about the audio. I'll probably hear some turning signals and just the overall sound of the van, but hopefully it's not too bad. So I apologize. So, Sega Honda was last Saturday, so uh, seven days ago, well, today's Sunday, so eight days ago. So, I've had seven full days of recovery. And I have to say, I feel so much better than I anticipated feeling at this point. Uh, the first couple days, I was, I was definitely sore, more, more of the up and down the stairs because it was a trail marathon. There was a lot of climbing, a lot of descents, so my quads felt pretty beat up. But overall, I'm feeling really good going into Buffalo today, so... Um, but about Sega Honda. So, as I said, it's at Letchworth State Park. Now, I've been there many times uh, with family, you know, day trips. My wife is an artist, and she does an art show out there every year. But as far as the trail system goes, I don't know it at all. <laughs> um, and it was in a different part of the park. It was actually across. Uh, Letchworth is basically the Genesee... Uh, river runs through it. It's in a big gorge, and uh, it's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. But it was on the other side of where, what I'm used to being. So I, just getting into the park, where to go, all that kind of stuff, I was a little nervous. So I actually took Friday, the day before the race, off from work. My wife and I drove out to Rochester, New York, which is about an hour and a half away, to their fleet feet because that was where packet pickup was. And then after that, we, we drove about 40 minutes south to Letchworth 
found where I had to go. Um, I had to go to the finish line, and then they would shuttle you from there to the fin- to the starting line. So we did all that. It was a beautiful day. We took our dog. We had a really good day. And I'm glad I did it because it just took that stress off of me because it was going to be an hour and a half drive in the morning. Uh, I had to be there by no later than 7 o'clock at the very, very late. That would be cutting it short because you had to take shuttle buses. And uh, so I got there in plenty of time, left early. And I think I got there about 20 after 6. So I had plenty of time, took a little bit of a walk just because I was nervous. Um, I didn't know anybody there. Uh, my, all my buddies that I normally run with or do races with, they they weren't going. And so one nice thing was I just walked down this little road and I saw the Finger Lakes Trail, which is what the uh, the race was on. And uh, I knew this was the end. The finish line was there. So I thought, wow, this is pretty nice. It looks like it was like an old, I don't know, I don't want to say a railroad, but it's definitely a, like a, you could fit a car down it. Definitely, but for sure, a little bit wider than that. It was all grass, but it was low. Uh, it wasn't cut, but it was just lower because it was all covered by tree canopy and everything. So I thought, wow, this is going to be a nice finish because I could see down quite a ways. And uh, so anyways, got on the bus, got to the starting line, race started, and um, went into single track right away. So it was pretty congested. And, and one of the things that was kind of neat that I, I know has, that happens at some races, but never at a race that I've been involved in was there was a a woman's start, the men's start, and then they had the relay start. I think about 15 minutes, maybe a half hour, I'm not sure, after the men started. So it was women, men, relay. So we headed out, and it was pretty congested, single track for a while. Um, there was a couple openings where I tried to pass some some groups of people. I mean, it's a marathon distance. Some some guys were running together, talking, and, and all that. So I just kind of wanted to get out of the bottleneck. It was really congested, and it's just hard to run on single track when you guys are, uh, you know, when everybody's on their, uh, everybody's heels and toes, you know, so. Um, now, there was eight aid stations, eight checkpoints. You had to go to the checkpoints. There were timing mats at each checkpoint when you would get there, um, and they would also have you yell out your bib number, or they had someone standing there and someone with a clipboard, and they would mark, manually mark that you came in, and I believe that when you would leave, it would, you know, they would say, like, um, you know, 255 leaving or 155 leaving, whichever my number was. The checkpoints were like little offshoots of the Finger Lakes Trail. And they think they were more like an access road because they would always, I think, pretty much lead up to a paved road. And they were, I don't know the distance on them. I could check my Strava, but I'd say they were anywhere from, I don't know, maybe a tenth to almost a quarter of a mile, or at least it felt that way. And generally uphill, like a gradual uphill. But the one thing that they all had in common, at least the first, I think, six of them had in common, were they were all mud. I mean, just loud, pull-your-shoe-off, suction-cup-sounding mud. It was just, it would just slow you down, super high grass, just water everywhere, because we had had a lot of rain previous that week, so... There was definitely uh, no staying clean in this race. I think from my knees down to my toes, I was just covered in mud the entire time. So... Uh, they had the checkpoints, and they were all the all the aid stations at the checkpoints were basically like you would find in an ultra. Uh, you had your you know your pretzels, your chips, your your watermelon, oranges, little peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, uh, which I tried to eat. I I was having a hard time eating. I don't know why. 
Uh, I, I had a hard time eating my breakfast before I left, but I, I just kind of contributed there. You know, I just kind of figured that was nerves. But at this point, I was having trouble eating. I was taking gels in fine. I never got nauseous, but I just, nothing seemed appealing. Um, I was trying to have a couple chips. I just tried to get a little bit of salt in me. Uh, but I would get in and pretty much have a cup or two of water from the aid station, and then I would get out of there. Uh, one of them, I, I think it was the second or, or the third from the last checkpoint. I actually took my pack off, ha- asked them to just fill my bladder halfway, but uh, they had, she ended up filling it all the way, which was fine. Um, it was pretty loud the last uh, couple miles with the sloshing. Usually when I fill my bladder, I, I hold it upside down and then draw from the from the hose to get any air out so you don't get any sloshing in your bladder. But you know, I obviously can't ask an aid station volunteer, which the volunteers were amazing. Uh, to do that for me or was I going to do it so I had to slosh for a while um, so touching on the the volunteers like I said everybody was amazing uh, super friendly very helpful the minute you'd come in they'd ask you what you needed how you were feeling um, I believe at checkpoint uh, I'm not really sure maybe four or five I'm not really positive what it was but you could do a drop bag at the starting line so if you wanted to have a look, you know some more supplies change of shoes or whatever they would have it there and it was marked with your bib number and when people were coming in they would basically go up and say do you want your bag and they would go get your your drop bag and stuff i saw that happen so that's kind of cool you don't have to go waste your time digging through they would know your bib number and they'd go over and get it for you if you wanted it so the volunteers were super awesome um so that and that helps that really helps you pull into an aid station people are cheering most of the aid stations except for two of them which were kind of remote had a lot of people there, a lot of crowd support, cheering you on, uh, so it was really cool. But the, the the trail system itself was absolutely beautiful. I mean, it was just amazing. Um, I'd have to say 95% of this race, well, I'll say 90% because there's a little bit in the beginning where you could, like I said, you could kind of uh, make some moves, and then at the end, the last stretch. But 90, about 90% of it was all single track into the woods up and down up and down little little up rolling you know hills going through creeks um, it was just it was absolutely gorgeous I, I wanted to stop and take more photos but I really wanted to get done uh, it, it was it was a tough race physically it was tough I mean it really brought out the fact that I don't train at elevation at all um, so maybe once in a while I throw it in the treadmill up but just uh, really humbling that way to know that as much and as well of a training cycle that I had going into it, uh, that's something that I continue to lack in. But I just don't have the time to go to places where I have to drive to get elevation. But I could do the treadmill elevation more than I do, so I'm guilty of that. And it definitely took its toll on me. Um, usually, I'd say, at least in my experience with road marathons, Buffalo being a perfect example, usually around between 20 and 22 is where I start to have those doubts those you know the the thoughts of wanting to quit and why am I doing this and you know all the stuff the the emotional things that you go through in a distance uh, race you know whether it's a marathon 50k or I would imagine above I've, I've only gone to 50k that that usually happens around between 20 and 22 on, on a road marathon here it started at about 18 and mile 18 I think it was 17 18 was a pretty good climb and elevation uh it was going up a hill in the woods and then you kind of plateaued and then you turned and then you went back up 
Um, so that one was really kind of, uh, you know, slowing me down and stuff like that. And that's where it started kind of creeping in. My feet were the first things to, I don't want to say give out. And I apologize if I'm talking fast. I'm trying to get all this before I get downtown Buffalo. But my feet were the first to give out as far as just starting to feel discomfort, a little achy. Um, I wear a Saucony Peregrine 6. So there's not a lot of protection, not a lot of cushion in them like a Hoka would be or something like that. But they've got amazing traction, very, very aggressive traction, which I love. And there's hardly any arch in them. I, I, I don't have flat feet. But I've got pretty, pretty low arches. I mean, a little bit lower, and I probably would be flat feet. So any kind of arch in a shoe, if it's narrow or whatever, it really bothers me. So I really like the uh, Saucony Peregrines. They fit perfect. Um, but they they were taking a little bit, bit of a beating out there. Um, and then I'd say the next thing to go is probably my glutes started to feel it. Um, and then it just started working down my hamstrings. and uh, But nothing major, Just just that ache of going distance and, and that pounding um, so I would have liked to stop more take some pictures, take in the sights but I, I just wanted to to be finished with it but uh, this race, I went in there obviously I had time expectations if I wanted to come in under 6 hours I knew this wasn't going to be you know, a sub 4 marathon it's a trail marathon, it's got elevation and to be honest, I pretty much figured it was going to take me longer to finish this than to finish uh, Mendon Pond's uh, 50K. And I was almost right. I believe I finished Mendon Pond's 50K back in November in 5 hours and 35 minutes. And I ended up finishing uh, Sega Honda in 5 hours and 25 minutes. So, But um, I think I got to about mile 25-ish. And that's where I hit that part I was talking about in, in beginning of the episode where I saw the end and it was kind of like it looked like a just a flat trail going out um I hit that and the aid stations at that point would say oh you only got three more to go up oh, you only two more like the aid stations were pretty close towards the end uh, the first the first checkpoint slash aid station was about 6.2 miles in I think and then it was like three miles and then another one was I think 6.8 and then they were like every three miles two and a half something you know they're pretty close and I look forward to them really just an excuse to stop for a second um but once I got to that part where I knew that was the finish I knew that I was only about a mile and a half or so out um, I hit that flat I put my earbuds in and, and put some music on finally um, something I knew would give me a little bit of energy and I just gave it everything I had at that point and uh got I was I was running a pretty good clip about an 830 pace so I was feeling pretty good. It felt good to open up my stride. Um, I, I feel like sometimes when you're when I'm when I can't open up and I'm going slower, it tends to hurt a little bit more sometimes. So I really just wanted to open up. Um, I couldn't sustain it to the very end. I had to stop, you know, twice I think and walk for a few seconds and then and keep going. But um, one of the things I tried to do the entire race was tell myself, when you can run, run. You just just keep running when you can. If you got to climb a hill, fine, climb a hill. But when I, once I crest the top get running um, if I can't run down the hill which I, I like to run downhill uh, but being so congested at times a lot actually through the race it was hard to really kind of uh, maybe go as aggressive as, as I would like to on a downhill because there was someone you know two feet in front of me so I think that even kind of um, just affected my my legs and everything because I would I, would, I felt like I was breaking more at times going downhills and stuff um, 
so I, I definitely opened up as much as I could at the end. When I got off that trail, it comes down to the road. You turn left and go up a little bit of a de- decent hill on the road, and you're probably a quarter of a mile from the finish. And at that point, I, I was going up the hill. There's people all on the side, crowd cheering for you, and I just wanted to get done. I wanted to finish strong. And so I tried to run up the hill, not real fast, but I was trying to run up, had to stop at one point and walk. I cramped up my hamstrings, my quads, both legs at the same time, just started cramping up. And I thought, are you kidding me? Right now, this is going to happen. Um, stopped, kind of shook him out a little bit, stretched, and uh, walked up the rest of the hill and, then, and just started running again at a very slow pace, I, I'll say, until I saw that finish line arch, and then I just gave it everything I had at that point. So... Um, and then I was done, and uh, I was very happy to be done at that point. But it was just—it's an amazing race. Um, if you live in New York, I, I would definitely recommend it. My only thing is, I wish it was staggered from Buffalo, maybe. But who knows? We'll see how today goes. I'm actually in downtown right now. I—I um, I gotta find somewhere to park. But would I do it again? I, I don't know. I, I think it really depends on how I make out today. If I can have a a good run today and and by that I just mean you know a, a fun time not uh, come out of this too banged up you know maybe I would do it but I don't think there's any chance of me uh, getting a new PR or anything like that today just because I, I do feel as though my legs are going to probably start giving me a hard time maybe sooner than later at, 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 you know here today than, than it normally does in a marathon but I'm excited nonetheless. I feel good. I ran one time this week. I ran three miles on Tuesday. It, to be honest, um, it, it felt effortless compared to what I had just ran, you know, three days prior. So uh, it felt really, really good. So it gave me a little bit of a confidence boost just coming into this because I really thought that it, oh, nothing like a bird splatter, right? When you're about to park, <laughs> I, I, it just gave me a. a, a a good amount of confidence coming into today. Into today, I, I really thought I'd beat up, be beat up even more. So, um, yeah, that's Sega Hundred Trail Marathon. Recommend it. Great time, and uh, I would like to do it again. We'll just have to see. Well, like I said, we'll see how I feel today. After I'm parking right now, I'm in downtown Buffalo, and uh, I'm about to do this thing. I'm going to go try and meet up with the uh, the Negative Splits crew, my boys. Hopefully I can meet up with them, but uh, if not, I'll see them all at the finish line at some point in some some order. And I just hope uh, I hope today goes well. And I hope I can come back on here and record a, a really good uh, race recap, at least something where I'm not crying and walking and in severe pain. But uh, you know, it's the marathon. There's no guarantees. So, today is May 28th, 2017, and today, I woke up at 4, I left the house at 5.30, and I went to uh, run the Buffalo Marathon, (laughs) and uh, yeah, eight days after Sega 100 Trail, um, I'll say I came out of that thing feeling pretty beat up, and you know, with most long runs like that, uh, it takes a couple of days. I, for me, it was really more so just going up and down the stairs, to be honest. Uh, the quads were kind of bothering me. But um, 
after a couple of days, I took my first run and it felt great. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I was basically running on the flat road compared to the trail. So, but it felt good. Uh, legs, you know, I came out of Sega Honda unscathed. No, uh, I did fall once. <laughs> um, and it was really more my own fault. Uh, I wasn't picking my feet up enough and I caught it on a route. I was getting tired. So it was a good, uh, wake up call to pick my feet up and pay attention to what I was doing. And so, but I came out of it feeling pretty good. So later in the week, uh, this past week, um, I thought if I could just go into Buffalo and get a sub, you know, four, four and a half hour marathon, I would, I would be happy, um, after running the marathon. And then the week went on, I thought, you know, I really, I'd like to try and get at least a four fifteen. but you know, in my head, I'm going, I'd really like to try to get closer to four, maybe four Oh five, but I don't know how my legs are going to feel. Um, I know they're feeling good now, but I could get running. And after 12, 13 miles, they may just kind of crap the bed and be like, yeah, we're not ready for this. So, um, and then I think it was Thursday or Friday. I, I talked to my buddies, Bill and Glenn, that I do the negative splits with. I said, you know what? I'm feeling good. I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to, you know, not go you know, crazy stupid or anything and try to do something that I know I normally wouldn't be capable of anyways. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to try to get a PBR. And last year my, my was my PR for the marathon and that was 353. So I thought, man, if I could just get like a 350, that'd be sweet. But will it happen? I don't know. So um, went there today, again, feeling good, had everything ready. Didn't get the greatest amount of sleep, but I don't tend to anyways. Um, lined up uh, with the friend Kevin and met up. I met up with Bill for a little bit and then he went closer to the start. Um, he was, he was going for a, a way more aggressive time than what I was, uh, even if I hadn't run the trail marathon more than what I would be wanting to attempt. So, but we said hellos and then we said goodbyes and wished each other luck and, uh, race started. And I have to say, um, I think I mentioned this on the first episode of the new average runner about Menden Ponds back in November. Let me just kind of go back to that. Um, that was probably the best race I've ever had of sticking to what I, in my game plan going in, um, nutrition, hydration, pacing. And, um, I have to say today ended up being my best marathon ever. Um, I did get a PR. So I'll just say that, um, I actually ended up getting a, a three hour and 42 minute, uh, marathon. So I got an 11 minute PR and, um, but, what I, the point I wanted to get to was that this was probably my second best uh, race. Potentially, I, I don't know, this could be better than, and I'm talking game plan and execution, um, could be better than, than Menden Ponds. Um, because I told myself, you know, make sure to hydrate, make sure to take nutrition, which I'm generally pretty good about that stuff anyways. Um, I took quite a bit of gels. Um, I have a Nathan vest and um, I forget what it is. I don't know if it's the vapor cloud or something but it's got a lot of storage so i had a lot of gels like i think i had like 10 gels with me which i knew i wasn't going to need that because on my long runs um i was only taking a car i think i took three the one and i definitely wasn't enough for me but um so the plan was to do every three miles like i used to do but i i actually veered from that and i did four every four miles um until the end um i did double up but uh I also told myself, one, I didn't wear my heart rate monitor. 
Um, it's it's tended to it has tended to play uh, mind games with myself when I'm looking at thing, that thing. And and I thought, well, if I wear it, because I I did want to see the data on it afterwards. And I on my Garmin, I have heart rate on the second screen, so I wouldn't look at it. But I knew I would look at it. I knew I'd go to the second screen at some point when things were, you know, getting tired and everything. And I just didn't want that temptation to to give myself that mental, um, you know, exit. So I didn't wear the uh, heart rate monitor, and uh, I told myself, just, um, you know, let's let's run by feel today. Let's try to keep uh, a decent pace. Something that I know when I went back to look at my long runs, I knew that I could sustain the pace that I wanted normally. Um, again, I wasn't sure if my legs were going to hold up, but, um, I try not to focus on pace, but more so just on the effort and which resulted in a pretty, pretty tight, tight, um, splits in the long run. I, I my average pace was eight thirty, So, I mean, I have some fluctuation, but, um, I, a lot of times I've, I've ran by just looking at the lap pace on my, on my watch. Um, so I said, you know what, let's just go by, uh, by effort and, 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 and make sure to hydrate and not get sucked in, sucked into anybody else's race, which, you know, can happen. Um, and I stuck to that, uh, pretty much to a T. Um, I didn't want to, I really didn't want to take any walk breaks or anything. And, and I did twice, uh, through aid stations, um, nothing, uh, at any other time outside of the aid station. So I walked through two aid stations, got some water, um, and I did utilize them. Uh, I, I wore my pack with the bladder. I actually have two Nathan packs. Um, I have a fire catcher, which is a smaller pack, and um, I purchased a liter and a half. So it's a little bit smaller um, as far as the bladder goes, but also the there's less pockets and everything. It's just a little bit more um, you know, slim-lined vest. And that's what I planned on using today. And I just wanted to basically have enough hydration to get me through the half marathon because it's really um, a lot of people that run the half. And the half and the full leave together. They run the same course together um, until the half finishes. And then, the, you know, obviously the, the marathoners branch off and keep going. So the plan was to have enough hydration on me so I didn't have to stop at those aid stations because they get really, really congested. Uh, especially the first few. I mean, it's just a mess. There's cups everywhere. So I planned to wear the the fire catcher, but I had everything set out on the table and uh, I have a a puppy that can stand up now to the table and got my bladder down and and thought it was a chew toy. So that was kind of a bummer, but uh, luckily I had my, my vapor cloud. So I ended up using that and it worked out great. So, um, I did utilize the aid stations, like I said, after the uh, the half marathon was done. So from the beginning to the, through the half, I used my bladder. I may have actually grabbed a cup here or there, um, but for the most part, the plan was to be able to utilize uh, aid stations after. So um, I ended up having still having some water left in my, in my pack. So um, it all worked out really, really well. So... I just uh, kind of went with what I had said about Sagahundo. It's just like, I mean, obviously it's all runnable. It's pretty flat. Um, was just to keep going, just keep moving. And I knew I was on pace for, for PR because um, when we split off from the halfway point and just in general, I mean, looking at my pace, I knew I was hitting like 825s, you know, 820. 
um, you know, eight thirty. You know, I, I knew that I was staying pretty consistent around that eight twenty-five pace um, towards the beginning. So I thought, man, I don't want to. I don't want to blow this. The legs were feeling good. Had a little issue in my left calf. Something I've dealt with last year. Um, was a little concerned about it um, because it did kind of put me out of commission last year for about two weeks. Um, I would try to run on it, and it would just, I, it would just lock up. I'd have to stop. So I was a little concerned about it, and and uh, actually, it it ended up going away. Um, my feet. Uh, same thing as Sega Honda. My feet are the first to go, my toes. And I wear uh, Adidas Supernova Glide uh, with the uh, Boost Foam. I love the shoes. I get them a size uh, bigger than what I you know, walk around in. And still, and I had squirrels nut butter. I mean, I I put, it was like I was buttering a corn, corn on the cob or something, like just all over my toes. And still blistered up. I think I ended up with uh, six blisters. Really, some of them were pretty damn sore. Um, but I was like, you know what? We've had blisters before, Sean. Just keep going. You're not going to walk on blisters and you know, just run on them. It's not a big deal. As long as I'm not cramping up or things are locking up and stuff like that. My back felt great all day. So um, you know, I started getting tired. And I think I mentioned this when I was recording the, the Sega Honda recap that Usually on the road marathon, it's like somewhere between like 20 and 22 is usually where I, I start to um, start to do those mental games where, um, you know, things are not feeling the best or you're feeling tired and you start kind of giving yourself the excuse to maybe slow down a bit or maybe take a walk break. And, and there's nothing wrong with that if, if that's what someone's strategy is. But I, I don't, I didn't want to do that. Um, I didn't want to, I guess... At a certain point, I, you know, I was getting kind of tired. And I was like, well, you know, you came into this hoping to get around a 4, 4.05. If I walk for a little bit, I'll probably still get a sub 4, barely. But, And I just told myself, that's that's not what I want to do. I mean, I'm feeling good. I'm just getting tired a little bit. So I um, just kept picking it up. Um, and, yeah, I mean, to be honest, as far as a recap goes, it's kind of boring because I I did everything the way I was wanting to do it that uh, today. So there was no, you know, epic uh, hitting the wall or anything like that. No, sometimes uh, I'll be honest, I'll tend to get emotional at those between 20 and, you know, 25 mile marks. Um, That didn't happen. I I didn't want to, I didn't even want to go there either because uh, I can easily slip into that at that point, start thinking about things and just get a little emotional or whatever. So um, I think about mile 24 is when I, 23 is when I put my headphones on. I just thought, you know, I need a little bit of music, a little bit of boost. And um, so it, it, I had it on for a while. I think I had it on until I hit about uh, 25 and three quarters. And the thing about Buffalo Marathon is, I mean, obviously it's a local thing. It's a huge race. There's thousands of people. I'm not entirely sure on what the total number was. If I had a guess, I'd say 12,000 maybe with marathon and half marathon and relay teams. Um, it could be a little more. It could be a little less. I'm not really sure. But it's a huge event here. And the crowd support here is really, really good. I mean, there's really not too many long stretches where there's not people out, whether it's some, you know, people out there to see someone specifically running or just neighborhoods that you're running through. I mean, it's a huge event and there's aid stations all over, but there's also 
uh, private aid stations where people just go out there with tables and and uh, they'll have you know cups of water for you. I mean, there's one where they had I think I don't think it was a um, I think it was private. It was they had uh, bot- little bottles of water, cold bottles of water, um, like the little tiny, the small ones that you could put in like a kid's lunch bag, like. It was, it's just awesome. The people are really, really great um, that are volunteering that way with the race organization and then just people in general that are out there to support and, you know, tell you those things that we all, all know are lies, you know, looking good, you know, you're looking strong and we're, you know, you're just thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> but it's kind of those things that you say to, uh, to runners when they're running in a race or something. But um, so, yeah, I just can't say enough about uh, the support of everybody out there uh, at the Buffalo Marathon. It's just a great event. And uh, last year, last year was just horrible because I think it was like 86, 87 degrees. It was like 95% humidity. It was just a miserable, miserable conditions to run a, a marathon in. And everybody was worried about that last year. Um, they got extra water, extra ice. They had cold washcloths that they would give you and just really felt as if uh, i think i mentioned this you know just felt like you know in general as runners we we didn't get a fair shake because of mother nature but i mean that's that's the nature of the sport it's outside and there's no guarantees this year i don't think could have really been any better um it was about 52 or 53 when we started overcast for a while then the sun came out but um it was probably 68 maybe 67 i'm not really sure when i finished around there um just a beautiful day no rain no wind and leading up to this from last early last week we thought we were going to be running in some serious rain and potential thunderstorms so um to have it turn out this way was just uh just great for all all the people that were involved again runners volunteers spectators Nobody wants to run a race in the wind and the cold and the rain um, or the super hot weather conditions like last year. And nobody wants to stand there and wait for people either. So I think it worked out great for everybody uh, overall. So, um, so yeah, I mean, another marathon in the books, another Buffalo Marathon in the books. It's my third year. Uh, I'm sure I'll do it next year. I don't know at this point if if I would do the double again. And to be honest, and this is purely being honest, like if I hadn't done Sega Hundred Trail Marathon, I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have come in under three forty two. Anyways, like I think that uh, I think the fact that I, I felt like I had a really good training cycle, um, I felt like I stuck to a good game plan today. But I also went in there with my expectations, you know, to, to run a good race, to run as hard as I could. But, uh, you know, I, I wasn't expecting to, to get what I got. And I think that pressure being off of me helped me run as well as I did today and, and to get that PR. So I don't think uh, I don't think things would have been different if, if I hadn't run Sega Honda. So, um, but that said, I don't know what I'll do next year. It's way too far in advance to decide. I'm sure I'll do Buffalo. Um, will I do the double again? Mm, potentially. I, I think I'll have to decide it that, you know, around December, if, excuse me, if, um, 
if Buffalo is going to be the early, you know, early half of the year a race, and I want to try to go for you know three thirty five or three forty something like that, um, so I'll have to decide then. And and I don't even know if that's um, something I want to do because I know if to do that again, I don't think it had anything to do with the, doing the double marathons. Um, I think it has to do with I'd have to do more speed work and some and even more structured than than what I am now. And um, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, I, I enjoy the way I, my training cycle goes. Uh, it seemed kind of long. You know, I put in four good months, solid months of training. Um, but, you know, I juggle it with, with life and family and everything. And, you know, I, I don't know if I want to do that. So, but I'll have to assess that, you know, like I said, next December, see where I'm at and uh, and take it from there. But um, very happy with the results. I mean, I'm, I'm so ecstatic. I, I really am. Uh, I... I <laughs> I think I was screaming when I went over it, some obscenities in, in a good way. I was just, I couldn't believe, uh, I never looked at my watch as far as like my total time. I didn't want to do it. I, I wanted to, but I told myself no. But when I rounded that corner that you that, that you take um, at Buffalo and I could see the time, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that I got that 342. It was just, uh, I was just ecstatic, just absolutely happy and uh yeah, so uh, I I had said I hope I can come back with a good race report. So I think that's that's pretty good. But um, I, you know, check out the Negative Splits podcast. Um, you know, I, I want to mention that all the time because this is more of my like you know audio running journal. I don't like to do spreadsheets or write in books, and I've ha- I have them both notebooks. I don't do them. So this is good. Uh, you know, I mentioned before, this is good for me to be able to go back and listen to and just document it. Um, the negative splits is great because, you know, the three of us do a lot of the same races together, but we train together um, in the sense that we we're constantly in contact, um, usually with an app called Voxer on our phones. We're always talking about our training. Um, so we can, you know, it's just a different format and we'll race recap and stuff over there. So check out the negative splits. We'll have a, um, if this hasn't come out before it or after it, but um, there'll be a race recap uh, of Buffalo for not only myself, but uh, you know, Bill and Glenn and Bill had a really uh, phenomenal, phenomenal race. Uh, Really happy for him too. So go over and check that out. We have lots of good interviews Um, and and, uh, check the show notes. There's a couple of videos in there from Sega Honda that you can see just, one is just brief uh, showing how bad the, the checkpoint uh, side trails were with mud. And then one, I think it's around mile 18. I just pulled the camera out and, and took a little video of how I was feeling at that point. But um, anyways, that's going to wrap this up. Uh, I'm going to take probably a week off of training and then probably ease back into just uh, some lighter running maybe. And then I, I got to get ready for Bristol Mountain Challenge. That's July 29th. It's, uh, you know, almost around the corner. It's getting, I got less than two months, but um, I mentioned on the double episode, last episode, it's going to be a little bit different training than, than, you know, training for a a marathon or even just a normal 50K. Um, This is at a ski resort, so there's got to be a lot of uh, high elevation training on the, at least on the treadmill for me. I I don't have the time to to drive out to some of these other places that have hills, so... Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap this up. Uh, thanks for, you know, listening to me ramble about my my running uh, travels and stuff like that. So uh, I appreciate it. But uh, until next time, thanks for listening, guys.